Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Full Press Packers Pod, part of Full Press Coverage. My name is Kyle Senra. Joining me is my co-host, Jesse Hall. How you doing, Jesse? Hey, I'm doing good. Happy uh, July. And guess what? This is the last month without NFL football. So I'm doing great. Yeah, I mean, I'm already a, you know, a month into the CFL football. So to me, like the, the football list streak is over already. Like that's, that's great. I'm already into, into that uh, stretch and, you know, training camps coming up. So it is July. Hopefully the, the, especially the new Packers GL with the team, that was really <laughs> awful. Uh, but you know, what's always consistently great is the, you know, the Packers and, and their running schemes, the, 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 the power sweep, the Lombardi sweep was always a great one, uh, whether it was the actual, play on the field or the Lombardi Sweep podcast, part of the uh, full, uh, Flurry Sports uh, podcasting network. So uh, excited to have uh, the co-host from the Lombardi Sweep on. Uh, everything Flurry Sports is headed by Zach Bruner. And Zach, you've been on the pod before, so welcome back. It, it's an honor to be in the presence of the master of segues. It is <laughs> unbelievable to be here, enjoyed by my co-hosts. It's, uh, it's an honor, truly. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I try to uh, keep a good rhythm and flow like most football teams do. But uh, yeah, so uh, other members of the Lombardi suite, we've got uh, Trevor. How are you doing, Trevor? Great to be here. Great to be here. Honored as well. Love the dad jokes. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Hey, and also, Luke, how are you doing, Luke? Um, you know, I'm okay. Uh, long, <laughs> long weekend. I'm still still recovering a little bit. but uh, Still but weekend, that- mom. You're right. It's, it was still weekend mode. I worked from home today. So it wasn't totally in, you know, getting, getting hammered after it. And it was just a, it was a good calm day for me. And I'm happy to be ending it with you guys. Awesome. Honesty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, that's I guess want. I did you guys, I guess I did you guys wrong too. Cause it is fantasy football time of year too. So that that's for, for y'all. Uh, we're we're all happy to be here. We're just all at a six out of 10. As the, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's quickly rising to a seven out of 10 though. Talking about football. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Great. Glad we could help you out, Luke. And hopefully the listeners feel the same way uh, here to, to listen to us. And uh, oh, look at that sweeping in at the last moment, just a, you know, very Lombardi sweep esque, right? You, you know, you, you don't really see it coming until it's too late and suddenly there's daylight. Uh, we have the, uh, the uh, final piece of the uh, Lombardi sweep uh, group. Uh, one of the co-hosts, Janet Wilson, Janet, how are you doing? Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Okay. Thanks for joining. Yeah. Hi, Janet. I'm like in Texas. I thought it was at 7:30, and over here it's already it's probably six. So. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't uh, specify the Eastern Time Zone enough. Uh, my bad. Uh, yeah. Again, Packers. Right. Uh, Jesse and I were not. I mean, we don't live in Wisconsin. Jesse is from Wisconsin, but you know, Packers fans on the East Coast instead of uh, the uh, centralized Packers location in Central Time. All good. We're all here and ready to go now. Yeah, we, we all kind of despise uh, time changes or, or anything, uh, any hiccups with that. But I think I'm sure we all despise the division opponents for the Packers, the other NFC North teams. But 
maybe not each of them equally. And we, you know, we had a recent uh, Packers fan series where he, Jesse, how many episodes was that? I think about six, seven episodes of different. Six or seven. Yeah. I think it's right. At, well, all that matters is uh, everybody agrees with me. So, <laughs> well, yeah, before we spoil anything for the, the Lombardi sweep uh, co-hosts or co-guests. Um, so, yeah. So who is the most heated, uh, hated division rival out of all these, uh, the, the three teams. So curious to see what each of you think. We had a bunch of polls answers. So we'll see what, uh, what the, uh, I guess, uh, what the results are after this. So I don't know who wants to go first. Uh, who's the, uh, I guess, uh, the, the Lombardi sweep, it all starts with the center, right? Snap the center snapping on time. So who's the, who's the center of this podcast? That's a rabbit hole. We could go down uh, on an unrelated note. I'm not sure. Trevor, how about you go first? You seem ready to snap the ball. <laughs> you know, I, I I would usually say it would be Zach, the offensive line guru, but uh, but I'd have to say Bears, um, Lions. They they're the lovable guys. Can't well, you can, but I, I don't hate Dan Campbell and the Vikings. It just feels like the little brother, really, to me. Like there isn't really any animosity. It's like you know, good for you guys. Whatever, we'll get you next time. But Bears fans, man. Um, I give them credit because they're relentless, but they are so, so annoying. So I'd have to go Bears. I mean, Zach's like the offensive line coach, right? So he may not be the, the center necessarily, although I guess the center does tend to call a lot of plays. So maybe that does make sense, but he called the audible. I did. I did. Uh, I'll, I'll go last. <laughs> I feel like I have a lot to say. Luke, All right, fair enough. <laughs> um, so... For those of you who don't know, I live in Green Bay, born and raised in Green Bay. So I never really had much opposition of fans around here. Um, I think if you say one thing about the Packers being bad or like in another team, you get like crucified in, in this part of the state. Um, so that kind of changed. I moved out to La Crosse on the western side of the state, right next to Minnesota. Um, and I have a lot of Minnesota friends. I'd say more of my friends in college were Vikings fans than Packer fans. Um, and maybe that alone makes me hate the Vikings more than the Bears and the Lions. And I guess right now the Bears and the Lions are just totally irrelevant to me. Um, they make no mark on my life whatsoever. Um, but I still get texts every now and then um, from, from Vikings fans and uh, my, my Vikings buddies. But these, like all three of these games are supposed to be, all three of these matchups are supposed to be huge rivalries. There's not many great games between Packers, Bears, Packers, Vikings, Packers, Lions of recently. Um, although there is always, you know, the week 17 loss to, to the Lions or the, the Vikings upset about around week six. Um, but in, in terms of the Bears, I mean, it's just 42 nothing, 42 nothing, 42 nothing is what it feels like. Um, so, so on that note, with so many of the teams, 50% of the teams in this division being irrelevant, I will pick the, uh, the Vikings as my most hated team. All right, Janet, you're up next. Okay, so my personal uh, preference from my experience, I have yet to be, I I have yet to go to a Bears game or a Vikings game, but for some reason, like the fans and I like have, stop shaking your head, Zach. Um, (laughs) I have a bad uh, feeling about where this is going to go. Yeah, (laughs) you guys heard me when we talked about the Lions the last time. It was like an anger that just came out of, the depths of my soul. Um, it's not that I hate the, pl- the players. I just hate the fans just because the game that I went to, we lost and it was, it was a brutal loss. We didn't even score one touchdown. It was 2018. It was Ran- Randall Cobb's last game with us before he left and came back, but um, it was a terrible game. And all I remember was just like the horrible loss. And then also um, during COVID, when uh, Lions players were doing Lambo leaps and like just made me want to um, just get really violent. But I'm going to have to say Lions for myself. Um, and that's like within the division because I have a even more hated team outside of our division. So because I am in Texas, but within our division, it's going to be Lions for me. You already gave it away with the other team is too, like saying that I think we can all guess, but uh, go yeah. ahead, Zach. I, I know Screw you the wanna... Texans. Am I right? No one likes them. <laughs> it's funny. Cause my wife hates that name. Like you think it's the worst name in sports. So, uh, but uh, that's, it's that's another story. Uh, but Zach, you, you want to take over, don't you? So, so go right ahead. He's a tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. Um, not only do I not dislike the Lions, I love the Lions more than I love the Packers. I'm a Packers fan, but the Lions deserve it. 
they deserve my love. They've earned my love, unlike the Packers who sell it for fake stocks. But um hey. <laughs> sorry. Rude. <laughs> no, keep going. That's awesome. The Lions have fans, so I'm very intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> you got to search for them. Right. Um, I, I think most likely, I, I assume most people's hatred comes from like geographically in Wisconsin. Like to your point, like Trevor, you're down by Milwaukee, and I can only imagine the Bears fans down there who are <sighs> stupid. <laughs> They're terrible. But I at least respect Bear fans. I moved up to Superior for college, obviously. That's right on the Minnesota border, like lacrosse. Uh, most of the people there were Vikings fans. I despise Vikings fans because I, I've yet to meet like an intelligent <laughs> Vikings fan. They're all dumb and entitled for no reason. Like they argue about being so good in their history. And they have nothing to show for it. Like, it, I at least respect the Bears. They've won. So they've earned my respect. Vikings, they do nothing. And yeah, I just, the Vikings I just, are basically the Bills of the 70s. Except for they span decades. Yeah. I just don't trust Kirk Cousins because he looks like a Ken doll. And I don't trust men that are too pretty like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we became best friends because your answer was exactly my answer. Like, I can respect some Bears fans, even though they can be, you know, whatever. But Vikings fans, like, you have nothing to stand on. <laughs> like, nothing. No. And you guys are the most, oh, arrogant, you know, whatever, whatever other words I could use. So, <laughs> good, good points. <laughs> um, so, well, you know, keeping final points, uh, you know, tally of that. So, that's 11 people, Jesse, I think we've had on, uh, you and I as well, uh, as part of these results. But uh, so, I guess that's uh, nine other guests have kind of chimed in on this and two people despise the bears the most. So Trevor, you're not alone, even though you would be alone on this podcast, uh, Janet, you and I both despise the lions more than anyone and more than half of people, seven out of the 11 said Minnesota and like a seven 11 always open the, the vac- the, the hatred for the Vikings is always open and always apparent. Um, the horn is almost a much enough to make me go to that side, but uh, yeah, I'm still really petty against the lions. <laughs> They have such like a cool logo and everything too. Like I think they could be really cool as like the Vikings, but they are the opposite. I dig the purple. I think they pull it off well, just like the Ravens do. But yeah, right. They just blow it every every way they can blow it. They blow it. Yet somehow they beat us one time in the middle of the season and they talk trash for like the next seven years. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's everything also, to the west of wisconsin bye <laughs> let's also not let them off the hook for their coolest thing being a chant that they stole from the icelandic soccer team right like yes. we, we we see you loud and clear <laughs> good point kyle you brought up the the ravens purple that seems like it's a different purple than minnesota right it, well and i wonder is that just the eye trick because the the minnesota purple is surrounded by white so we view it as lighter than the ravens one which is usually surrounded by black but I, it does seem darker. I will agree. It seems like a, a slightly darker shade. Oh, more more the blue in the in the shade. I feel like the Vikings purple doesn't use the blue as much. I don't know. Maybe again, may, and maybe that's just the, the, how much white is used. It, it's actually a mind trick. So, I think the yellow brings out a little bit too. The optics of colors of, 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 of <laughs> we, had a, we had on my expertise. So. <laughs> I would say of of the division jerseys, I feel like the Bears have the weakest just color scheme and, and logos and Jersey in general. Uh, am I wrong there? I don't think that you are. I, I'm not a huge fan of dark blue um, for, for, for uniforms. I like some pop, like, like the yellow and the Packers or like you would bring up the purple and even the blue, like the, the nicer blue with the lions. I mean, the Packers are pretty basic too. Like if you look at traditional Packer bears and I'm fine with that, but yeah, it, it, it's like nothing exciting and I'm fine with that. I, I'm old school, I guess. I like traditional. So I have nothing wrong with the bears. I actually like the orange when they threw like that fire orange with the bears uniforms. That's about the nicest thing I'll say about bears. They got some jerseys with the orange that look okay. I like the colors. That's right. the nicest thing I'll say. <laughs> yeah, I, I obviously like the orange and blue uh, color scheme. I've used that. Uh, I definitely think the Packers are the worst. I, I, yeah. I'm not sure if it's close for me. It's, it's very much a fit. Why change it? Uh, much like every other thing that they do, they don't change anything. So if they <laughs> did something different, maybe I'll like it. 
Zach, what would be your your uh, your key color scheme for the Packers? If you could change it to anything you wanted. I, I mean, that's a weird question because <laughs> <laughs> if, if we if we do anything other than green and gold, we got to rebrand everything. They have really uh, hitched their wagon to that. Every you know, the, their most fearsome chants uh, include shouting colors. So uh, I think we got to keep green and gold. I just think we can freshen it up a little bit. I could see like a cool golden black with that or something that you could add in there where you could, you know, kind of make it newer with the, I don't know. Yeah. You'd have to rebrand everything, but I, you know, once a year with some black and gold or a green and black or something, I don't know, but that's about it. You got to stay traditional. You really do. What about the throwbacks? They just did in the, this past season that like, hardcore green and just like pop yeah. yellow that was good i like yeah, that was cool those were okay. way better than all the other throwbacks to be honest yeah the, for the fake, sure the fake Notre Dame rip yeah. i just mm-hmm. there's a reason they went away from that they should never go back to this yes with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky <gasps> No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, so one, I guess, well, one thing we agreed on there was at the end was uh, uh, the, the, you know, the hatred for the old throwbacks, uh, even more than the hatred for the Vikings. But uh, I guess another thing I think most people in this pod agree with is uh, the love for fantasy football. And uh, I'm curious to how much Packers fantasy football intersection you guys have all had and how much success you've had with that. If any, you know, winning championship teams in fantasy with Packers players on them and any, or any stories, any deep, big DFS tournament wins with Packers players. Uh, I don't know. And again, feel free. Zach, you seem to be good at leading everyone. So go ahead and, and lead to see either if you go first or who you want to go first. Um, I, I can go first. I well, Luke's definitely... got his hand up, so I don't know. Oh, Luke, go, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so Luke, you have another color-based question. If you have your hand up, you go first. We raise we raise hands here. Question. Yeah, um, Kyle, as you'll soon learn, I usually raise my hand when I have something to say on, on a podcast. I, I usually get, get a lot of slack from Janet, who's our who's our resident teacher on it. Um, she usually <laughs> yells at me to put my hand down. Um, but I have actually have a good story involving a Packer and a championship uh, fantasy football championship. Um, so it must have been uh, 2016, 17 year. I had uh, Aaron Rodgers and Eddie Lacy as two of my players. Um, Eddie Lacy like didn't do anything that year, but Aaron Rodgers, I had enough. I had the team built enough to get into the last game where if I won, I could make the playoffs. But my team wasn't wasn't great. It was all you know injured. Just wanted kind of limping into the playoffs kind of thing. Um, one of my buddies who had the best team in the league, I played him, and he through the game so I could get into the playoffs because he would rather play me than somebody else. Um, I, I made it all the way to the championship, and that championship was the game that Aaron Rodgers against the Vikings, I think it was on Christmas, where he threw four touchdowns and he juked uh, Xavier Rhodes out of his shoes and ra- ran <laughs> in that, that five-yard touchdown or whatever it was, and that alone propelled me to a championship win. So you beat him, he let you in, and then you beat him the next week? I beat him in the championship, which it would have been two, oh, two or three weeks epic. later. Nice. Good yeah. job. <laughs> Why you should never, like, what they asked for team. Okay, do, should you pick your opponents for seeding? No, never. The team, right. you'll, you'll, like, if anything, you make the team that finishes last pick their opponent. Like, that's the punishment. Okay, you, you get in the playoffs and you're, you're the last team in, but you have to pick your opponent. You have to make that decision, right? That that would maybe be more, because I don't, I don't want to be any team that, that picks the other opponent, because that's just, a, that's bulletin board material enough to, to skew right. things for sure. So good yeah, job, you know, Luke. You, you Way to prove yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> prove him wrong. You, you know, I, I think I should go next. Um, You know, honestly, I think I probably should have gone first, seeing that, you know, I've beat Luke and the team that beat Zach in our 12 team <laughs> dynasty league this past year, you know, just the saying, put the That's league champ first, but, uh, <laughs> well, but, if it's most recent, shouldn't you have gone last? Eh, nah, I, I like to parade around with it while I can. Um, for, for me, for the Packers, it's kind of tough because especially with Aaron Rodgers there, it's really hard because for me, 
I, I think leagues are really one. This isn't groundbreaking, but on the waiver wire. And it's really hard to find guys on the Packers on the waiver wire that fall under the radar. It seems like every year when you have a quarterback of the caliber of Aaron Rodgers, whether it's a running back, wide receiver, tight end, guys don't fall. Um, kind of like a couple years ago when Calvin Ridley had that resurgence late, um, you see certain receivers have resurgence late. Um, Packers receivers aren't available. And so that's always tougher for me. I haven't really had success with Packers um, because of that, because I think you have to draft them early or, you know, you're not going to get them. But, um, but man, to Luke's point and to some of his past performances, um, if you have Aaron Rodgers on your team, Devontae Adams this past year, um, you stand a really, really, really good chance if you have either of them on your team. Just to add to your point there, Trevor, you said Packers are always hard to come by. Um, I find that a lot too. It's probably because I'm in leagues with a bunch of Packer fans. So it's really tough to get Packer players unless you really reach for them. Um, but somehow, I, 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 you guys know this, I always manage to get Devontae Adams on my team. And, uh, and you guys are, are far aware that um, I, I started shotgunning beers every time he scored a touchdown, which was tough during that, that 18 uh, touchdown <laughs> season he had a year or two back. I, I don't feel sorry for you, though. Those are good shotguns that you did. So It's a good time that I'm really going to miss in my life, knowing that he's not on the team <laughs> yeah. anymore. And I feel like that year he might not have been a first-round pick as locked in as he has been since that season where it's okay. You know, he's going at the back end of the first round a lot of the times. And yeah, you know, this was, year with the Raiders might be the cheapest he's ever been since then. Right. Yeah. I think that was a season that really set off. Oh, Devonte Adams is probably the best receiver in the NFL. So you didn't even, you, you know, you had the advantage without even using your first round pick. So if you nailed your first round pick, it really helped propel yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I'm kind of the opposite of Luke. I think I've won championships with pretty much most of the main Packers. Um, but I'm not even sure if I've owned Devonta Adams on a team before. I obviously he gets drafted really early to your point, whenever he's been good. And I pretty much just don't uh, take wide receivers that early usually. So I'm not even sure if I've owned him uh, for DFS though. I think the biggest one was on one of the Chicago Bears Sunday night games you talked about before, but there's always at least one. Uh, I did some same game or not same game parlay, but like a single game DraftKings lineup. And I had Randall Cobb at the top spot. So uh, we know what Randall Cobb always does against the bears is one of those massive games. And that was a nice win. You always have to have at least one lineup with Randall Cobb in it when you're playing the bears at this point. That's that. That's true. That's a very good point. Um, Janet, I know you don't necessarily do as much fantasy stuff for flurry sports, but do you play fantasy football at all? No, I have yet to do it, but I've already told the guys that I want to do it this year, and they said um, it's going to be interesting if I do. <laughs> Don't do <laughs> they didn't say it. yes. They just said it's going to be interesting. Yeah, wow. they were like, okay, no, I don't know about that, but I want to try at least one year. I want to try. I hear it's really uh, like you get addicted to it. So, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah I find like it super fun. Um, as Jesse and the listeners can attest, I kind of, it, it always leaks out. I always end up talking about it here, even though I, I have a, a separate full press fantasy pod to actually talk about it. But uh, I mean, clearly we're talking about it right now. So, but I have a question for everybody. Um, sure. y- y'all mentioned that Devonta t- gets taken really early when y'all do your little drafts. So do you think that's going to be the same situation this year now that he's not with Aaron Rodgers? I think you might see him fall to the second round more, but he's probably, you know, if the, the latest he'll go is probably like end of the second round. So whereas opposed to, you know, maybe, so maybe a full round difference from last year. Uh, and that's at the extreme. You might still see him go first round in some leagues. Someone might still really believe, might just believe in Derek Carr, just believe in Adams's talent. So probably anywhere. What do you guys think? It'd like pick 10 through 25 seems to be like about anywhere in that range. I guess it's a large range. So I don't know if that's really narrowing it down. Right now in PPR leagues, he's going 10th. So I, I would guess that drops, though. I, I at least want to take him 10. I don't know about you guys. Well, I, I'm like you, Zach, where I, ha- I haven't won a championship with Adams. I've had him in a few leagues here or there, but I don't usually spend the first round pick on him or, or receivers in general. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't take him there. I, I don't even like a second round pick on him, to be honest. 
I think uh-huh. I think the touchdowns for him personally is the big because he he might still see 160 targets with the Raiders. Derek Carr tends to hyper target his players, but you know, definitely not 18 touchdowns, but even the, the customary 10 to 12, I think that could be a stretch where he he might fall down to six or seven touchdowns. Yes, yeah, so- I always usually go two running backs early. Um, I know some people go two wide receivers early. So to your point, I don't think he's fallen out of the second round. I don't think that's just in the realm of possibility. Um, but I can definitely see more than likely that he falls towards the end of that second round, as I think the consensus is starting to build in fantasy football leagues. Um, you know, you either go all in or you don't take a running back at all. I think more people are starting to go all in on running backs, at least in my experience. And that makes, that's going to make Devante fall a little bit. So I hope we answered your question there, Janet. Yes, you did. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Jesse, I guess, uh, did you, I know you play fantasy. So did you have, a, you have any uh, fantasy success stories with Packers players? Well, one, I'm, I think I'm a lot different than you guys. I probably started playing fantasy before, all y'all been born. I started in like 1991 or two. Um, and I have not done a snake draft since probably 2010. I'm an auction only or dynasty. Uh, yeah, I'm a snob. I guess that way I like the auctions where, Hey, you got this much money, get your guys. So yeah, that that's how I am. But I'm trying to think about Packers that I've actually won with um, maybe in a mon Amon Green season back in like 2003 or 2004. But other than that, I, I have always kind of stayed away from Packers unless like Dynasty, I got Aaron Rodgers early. You know, it, it's just tough. Like, I don't know. Um, I don't like to overbid on guys if I'm talking a totally different game with you guys now, but overbid well, on players. Go ahead. I love auctions. So yeah, that makes sense. And if you're, especially if you're playing with a lot of Packers fans, I could see it even right. more so than in a snake draft where those value amounts, everyone's just uh, you know, price enforcing more on Packers players. So it's probably even worse than in a traditional snake draft of how early Packers players would it go is. or whatever your fandom is, you know, associated right. with a specific lead. I think it is. And I think, you know, to answer the question about Devante this year, I think that's where you throw him out early and, and see the overbidding. Um, Cause I do think he's going to get targets. I do, you know, he's going to get touches, is he going to hit those, you know, big numbers? I don't think so. Um, I mean, you're not, you're still going to feed Darren Waller and all that other stuff, but at the same time, like that's a guy you throw out really early and watch people go crazy over it. Um, that's always been my strategy. And then you, you build up on those high second tier guys and go from there. Um, other point with the running backs, I, I'm, I'm very high on running backs, especially guys that, you know, PPR catch a lot of passes. So that that's me. Um, as far as snake stuff, I won't say a word because I know nothing about it anymore. I really don't. So, <laughs> well, I, yeah, again, I love salary cap contract league. So anything auction drafting, I'm, I'm all in on that. And uh, I think uh, just a little bit of a plug. Uh, I recently did a, an episode of Dynasty and Chill where Scott Connor and I did talk about auction draft strategy for and I mean, you know, Dynasty and Chill. I right? just show specifically for Dynasty, but my uh, my auction strategy is kind of. The, the, the foundation of the cheat sheet is regardless of dynasty redraft and, you know, how you fill the tiers from there is you, know, you, you insert your redraft tiers. If it's a redraft league or dynasty rankings, you know, vice versa. So uh, I might, I think I'm going to plan to do that on the full press fantasy pod. So again, tune into full press fantasy pod uh, throughout the off season. We'll have great fantasy content there uh, for my own personal leagues. I've got, I guess, three Packers players I want to highlight that I've had fantasy success with two of them came in 2016, actually. And I remember, you know, Jordy Nelson coming off the torn ACL, got him a bit of a discount, especially like, you know, I'm because I remember that 2014 season, you know, the or 2015, sorry, when he tore the ACL coming off the 2014 amazing season, his career year, really, he would have been probably a second round pick in most drafts. And so I remember in 2016, I was able to get him in the third or fourth round. And he turns out to have almost as good a year as he did in 2015. Rogers had another MVP I can't remember if he won the MVP, but he almost like could have like just as much a you know caliber numbers as he as he's had in his MVP season. So Nelson was amazing. Uh, certainly, I remember Week 16 against the Vikings. At, at the, I think it was Trey Wayne's, our, our favorite corner, Trey Wayne's. I think forever. Uh, you know, said throughout the defensive game plan, and no, I got it right. They had something to double Nelson. He's like, no, guys, I got it. And everyone 
you know, ignore the defensive coordinator talking to us guys. I got this. And then Nelson promptly put up two touchdowns against him. So that was, that was nice in a week 16 for Trey Waynes <laughs> to do that because the defensive game plan they had worked. Cause I think Nelson had one catch in the second half. So it's good that he got that massive production. He got those two touchdowns quick. Uh, but another Packers player that really helped that year was on Yahoo and uh, you know, Eddie Lacey got hurt and the, the, I think James Starks was out too. the the running back room down to bare bones. So Ty Montgomery makes the, uh, the sacrificial oh. you know, team centric move, which I guess later Ty Montgomery, Oh, team centric, not thinking about himself first. That that's, that's strange. But back then, you know, made the move. I'm going to be a running back. Uh, and you know, a lot of ch- websites changed his designation from wide receiver to running back. Yahoo added running back, but did not take away the wide receiver. So I could play both Nelson and Montgomery in the, as the two wide receivers. And I still had it. Like I remember I had David Johnson, who was the RB one that year, DeMarco Murray, got him late in the draft. And that was his 1200 yard season with the Titans. I think he had double digit touchdowns. So I could maximize the running back spots by playing essentially an extra running back in the wide receiver spot. And I, it was Nelson and, and Montgomery didn't have to worry about the rest of my receiving core. It didn't matter who it was. So it's kind of a, you know, a cheat on the format, but I'll shout out to the, the wide receiver duo of Nelson and Montgomery to help me win a fantasy title. That's uh, that's wow. like a, a year or so ago when, when uh, ESPN forgot to take away Taysom Hill's tight end designation. Um, right. That was a good four weeks <laughs> that they had that going. It, happier than Saints fans were that he was the quarterback. Right. You guys sound you guys sound like Bill Belichick, you know, just playing the system and finding gaps in it. Wow. Nice moves. <laughs> it's, it, it's funny. I want to highlight one more Packers player, and I think it might transition nicely into the next topic. But uh three years in a row, I have won a fantasy championship with the same Packers player. So 2019, 20, and 2021. 20, now 19 and 20, it's a dynasty league, back to back, and he frankly didn't factor in too much. Maybe a starter to um, start only one wide receiver. So it's something where I build through the quarterbacks and the tight ends. It's a super flex league. So, you know, who the, the wide receivers, a, a weekly start here or there, cool. But last year, uh, Alan Lazard really helped me in a redraft league, actually, where wow. my first three receivers were Alan Robinson, Juju Smith-Schuster, and mm-hmm. Michael Gallup. And, you know, Robinson played the most, I think, and probably produced the least out of those three. So, like, you know, I kind of burned all three of those receiver picks. Now, I started Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift. I picked Singletary late. Uh, I can't remember who my quarterback was. Dak, maybe it was a good quarterback. I had everything in place except for the wide receivers. Uh, and luckily, Jacoby Myers, Devontae Parker, and Alan Lazard finished the year as my top three wide receivers. And they, they kind of did just enough. Like Lazard actually scored a touchdown week 17, the championship game, mm-hmm. I think against the Vikings. So we love to, to rub that in. Um, so, you know, the players did enough at wide receiver. So I'm really thankful for Alan Lazard, especially last year where, you know, a, a championship caliber team just needed those receivers to just do enough. And guys like Jacoby Myers, Devontae Parker, and Alan Lazard really came through. And I remember taking Devontae Parker back in a rookie draft. So I've, I've believed in that guy for a long time. So it finally was rewarded. Everyone believed in him at some point. Right. <laughs> he's teased us for a long time. He's teased for a long time. <laughs> I have a, a dynasty league that's been running since the, uh, that year, 2015. So that's when it would have started. And it's salary cap contract leagues. And, you know, through his rookie contract and various contracts since then, I'd say he's been on more than half the teams in the league. Just traded him consistently or different people right. signed to contracts. I think at least six of the 10 managers have had Devontae Parker on their team at one point. I think I've had him on my team on three different contracts, the initial rookie contract or no, not the rich or yeah, I think I'm traded for it later and then got him as a free agent later, got him as a free agent on a different contract. So yeah, Devonte Parker, I, I always believe apparently. This is his year. Might as well get him again. <laughs> it's funny. I've seen that take on Twitter. He's set to take of over course, the Patriots yeah. receiving core. So I'm glad that <laughs> well, redraft league last year was in the dynasty. Cause that would hurt me that they're both there and maybe, you know, nice separate when they were both on different AFC East teams, not on the same one. Well, name another Patriots receiver. He is going to take, I mean, the tight ends are okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. (laughs) Oh man. Did Lamar Jackson and Devontae Parker ever intersect at Louisville? I don't don't think think so. so. I I don't think so. I mean, Jackson, what Jackson was a 2018 rookie. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't think so. I suppose if he was, he, he wasn't a four-year starter at Louisville. No. No, no, it was not. Uh, only a two, I believe. Two so, years. yeah, Parker came out in 2015. Yeah, he would have been gone before then. But, uh, yeah, nice, uh, nice tie there, Luke. I would never have thought of that, actually. And then was 
so that was must have been after Bridgewater then. I think mm-hmm. Bridgewater. I think Bridgewater was drafted the year before, so okay. maybe he and Parker had a season together. Okay. Maybe that's oh, good what point. got him. Maybe Parker's what got Bridgewater drafted in the first round, and not Derek Carr. So I take that Vikings, yeah. I guess. Suck it. Well, at least it's not the Jags. Oh, actually, no, the Jags made the, nailed the pick that year at quarterback. That's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. The true goat. Mm-hmm. Sure did. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was Cleveland that really messed up. That's that's what we got to remember. Cleveland messed up. Yep. They always do. Ouch. That's true. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One more thing that I want to talk about to get back to fantasy, but maybe less specifically about fantasy, but it's trying to predict the the year. And this is, again, maybe something to look forward to on the full press fantasy pod. And as this kind of project becomes more apparent and the results become to me more apparent anyway, I'll I'll kind of release that and start talking about that. Maybe do an episode centered around it, but I'm going to try and predict touchdowns this year and just kind of not do full player projections, but just projecting where I think the touchdowns will come as kind of a way, you know, people tend to say it's the the less sticky stats. You see a lot of focus on projecting targets, receptions and yards, but I find not as much on predicting touchdowns. So I kind of want to contribute that. So I started with the Packers just today, in fact. So this is kind of the first draft, first run through of, of, of a team. So I wanted to kind of bounce ideas off all these uh, great Packers analysts here. Uh, and uh, yeah, so just uh, quickly run through some of the, the I guess, peripheral things before we get to the touchdowns kind of projecting like what Aaron Rodgers' volume is going to be. And I had him at 567 attempts. I think anywhere between the 550 to 580 seems reasonable kind of based around the average of the last three years in particular with Matt LaFleur. And I think maybe even 567 is kind of on the lower end of that. So I kind of, I didn't, I felt being maybe more conservative losing Adams. I was a little conservative with numbers, even his touchdown rate 5.8 is below his career average. So even that I've kind of adjusted this to be kind of Rogers on, on what I think is the lower end. And I still, still ends up with 33 passing touchdowns. So I guess right off the bat for anything else, Rogers with no Adams, 33 passing touchdowns. I don't know if you'd, you guys want to do over under or, or how close do you think that is, but what are your general thoughts of that? Yes, um, go first. <laughs> uh, I think that's pretty good. Obviously last year you went 37 with a missed game. Um, so I'd probably still go over. I don't think the Packers are going to run the ball very well in the red zone because I don't think their offensive line is that good. Um, obviously, they rank really well because of Aaron Rodgers and the things he's able to do. But then when you get into the red zone, that's just man on man and the offensive line is not very good. Uh, so I think they're going to be passing a lot down there once again. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would go over, but I think 33 is pretty close. I could see him coming down from last year despite adding a game. I think when I had it at his career average touchdown rate at 6.3, it was 35. So I don't know if that's what you think is, is a closer to just number for 17 games. I'll go 34. How about that? <laughs> okay. Fair <laughs> enough. So, yeah. So I've got, yeah, 33 passing touchdowns, 16 rushing touchdowns for the Packers as well. on that split. I, I, I think I'm going to go Zach. I'll say over on that, but uh, Zach said 34. I'll go 35. <laughs> um, uh, right I, I don't know. To, to me, this feels like a season where, like Zach, you had mentioned the offensive line, really not great. Um, in, in terms of everyone thinks the Packers going to be, you know, run a run first team this year. I mean, you still have Aaron Rodgers coming off of back-to-back MVP seasons. Um, I think of, I think this might go back to like the 2015-ish Packers where Rodgers kind of puts the team on his back on, on, on offense. Um, and we, we, we know uh, Aaron Jones and, and is injured every now and then, whatever. Um, I don't know. To, to me – it feels like defense is fine, sure, but in order to score points, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to have to score the points without Devontae Adams. Um, so that so that would make sense for, for me to take the a uh, little bit of the over there. There are two trains of thought for me that are kind of holding me up. One, I look at the schedule and the matchups and the timing of some of the games, like the London games and the bye, and I'm like, man, this is a tough schedule. I don't know 
you know, it's going to be tough. He plays some good defenses, plays on short rest sometimes. But the other part of that is if it's a tough schedule, you know, in the fourth quarter, they're not going to be up 20 running the ball 10 times, you know, every possession. Um, I'll take 33 on the dot, actually. Um, That just sounds right to me. I think um, they're a little slow out the gate. I think they play the the Vikings and the Bears the first two weeks. I think those are a little lower scoring while he gets stuff figured out. I think he really turns it on late. And I think he gets up to 33 late. But, you know, with so much left to figure out and that huge hole that Adams has left, you know, more than just, you know, the receiving yards, also the double teams, he gets all that good stuff. 33 coming down to that seems pretty reasonable to me. I'm going to also say 33 Um, just because I'm going to have to agree with Trevor. I feel like the schedule is kind of wonky. And also I think that London game is going to really throw us off a little bit. Um, Every time we play out of our element completely, we just really play out of our element where we we just don't look like ourselves. So I think that London game is really going to affect us. So, yeah, that's what I got to say. Wow, a lot of great minds think alike. So, uh, I'm a gambler. I would not. I would not bet that over under. I wish it was thirty, and then I would take the over because I think it's in that 32, 33 range. <clears throat> um, listen, we're not going to be a run first team, but we're going to run the ball. It's all about efficiency this year. You're going to see the Matt Lafleur offense and Aaron Rodgers take control of it. Our running backs might not get as all the rushing touchdowns, but we're going to use them. Right? Uh, it's going to be control the game, control the game. We don't need to score 35. We need to score 28 and do it effectively. And he's still going to get his touchdowns, right? Um, Yeah. Get in the red zone. I, I agree and disagree. You, you got uh, a bruiser and Dylan. I think they're going to try to run it in, but at the same time, if you can effectively use the pat, you know, the, you know, run pass options and all your play action, they're going to be some short, easy ones. Use all the tight ends that are, fullback, tight end, H-back, and your running backs. I think about 32-33. I agree. Long story short, 32-33. All right, and to kind of break down the specifics, uh, so I think Aaron Jones is, is yeah, I have him as the uh, Packers' leading scrimmage touchdown uh, performer, 12 touchdowns total, which is more than Adams had last year, actually. Adams had 11, so mm-hmm. uh, nine rushing touchdowns for Jones, three receiving. So I think, Zach, maybe one thing you were saying is maybe less rushing, more, more reception. So would you maybe not have as much of a 9-3 split, like kind of have that closer to the middle, you know, 7-5 and five or even 8-4? and four? Yeah, I think the 12 number is fine. I, I would, yeah, to your point, I think I'd probably go 7-5. I could see a lot of uh, you know, little swing patterns down in the red zone to him when everything else breaks down. But yeah, I, I think he's definitely going to be the leading touchdown player out of the two backfield guys for sure. Yeah, I guess just in, that, in general. So the comparison in Jones, yeah. I have nine rushing, uh, AJ Dillon four rushing, and then Jones three receiving, uh, Dillon one receiving. So I've got Dillon at five, a couple of receivers actually with more touchdowns than AJ Dillon. So does anyone think the opposite? Does anyone think that Jones is the is going to score more touchdowns this year than Aaron uh, than Aaron Jones? I, I don't know if I said that right. Uh, but yeah, does everyone, does anyone think AJ Dillon scores more touchdowns than Aaron Jones? I do not think so. Know. No. Just going back to Zach's point, it's if there's a lot of you know, passing on the red zone. We've seen a lot of times Rogers rolling out or just dumping it off to Jones in the flat and letting him do the work. Um, maybe this is a bold, a bold take, but I don't know if it's totally out of the realm of possibility of Aaron Jones, maybe even leading the team and receiving touchdowns this year. He could, right. Yeah. Yeah. Before the pod, you know, when Kyle posted this out to me, I, I said way low on the backs, the backs are going to get in the end zone, whether it's rushing or receiving. Uh, Dylan's going to get more touchdowns than that. I don't think he tops Jones but they're going to get in the end zone that we're going to go through our running backs, use the short game, use the short game, then use your young guys to go deep. So uh, I think that's low on Dylan overall, but I I'm just really big on those guys getting the end zone this year. I really do. I, Dylan's going to come out this year. Well, he came out last year, but he's going to show guys that I, I see him 10 touchdowns. I really do. I really do. So you're saying that Jones and Dylan, both more touchdowns than any receiver, maybe even both doubling yeah. up any oh, yeah. wide receiver. 
by far. I, I really do. Uh, they're they're going to get in the end zone, those two, uh, 20 times. Together, combined 20, I'll take you over. Right, yeah, so I guess I've got the current combined at 17. So, I mean, that's not uh, – or no. Uh, yeah, yeah, 17, yeah. So I guess that's not too far off from 20. So I guess we're right there. And I gave one to whoever is the third string running back. I think I looked it out of that basically averaged out to about one to the, the third string running back every year over the last couple of years. I think AJ right. Dillon had two as the third stringer behind Williams and Jones. Maybe I'm using that and kind of averaging that. And I had Rogers at rushing two in himself. Uh, now for the receivers, I have Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins, both with six and Alan Lazard with five. I think that's kind of where the, the those three is going to be where the bulk of the, receiving touchdowns come but uh i guess someone mentioned jones more than that so is anyone thinking jones you know increases and gets over seven or does anyone think that maybe you know six six and five is even too much for these guys and it's more spread out than that and i I think you know we were talking before we started recording of you know um, sammy watkins and randall cobb staying healthy the whole year um shown in the past that sammy watkins often has good week ones maybe two or three touchdowns um, outside of that. I, I mean, I, I don't know. To me, Sammy Watkins is such a question mark. Um, you know, it's fun to have someone who is good a long time ago on the team. Um, how's he going to perform this year? Who knows? But I, I think that that sounds right. Probably that's six number for all three of them, six, five, somewhere in there. And like I'd mentioned before, you know, jo- the possibility of Jones leading, I don't think he's totally out of the realm. Um, I, I could see even Aaron Jones around that five, six mark, maybe even seven um, upwards of eight. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Jones leads in receiving touchdowns. I do think Lazard is the very clear uh, receiving touchdown leader. And that's not just because I think he's good because I don't. Um, He, when everyone's healthy, he's very clearly the number two in the defense's eyes. So he's going to continue not to get the top coverage. Watkins will. Uh, And then on top of that, uh, Lazard has some of the best, um, improvisational skills as a receiver. That's his main receiving skill. So when the plays break down, especially in the red zone, that's where we saw so many times, uh, obviously Devonte, Jordy Rogers, and them, uh, being on the same page, Lazard's going to be that guy. Um, he's big, he's athletic. He can do that. So, um, I would assume he gets more than five, uh, Watkins and Cobb, I think comes down to health, obviously. And you can't reject that. Um, Watkins, I will say the majority of the games he ended up playing last year, he played less than half of the snaps. So, uh, like if I had to go over under, I'd go over Lazard under Watkins probably. Okay. Thank you. I agree. Uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I agree too. The injury question marks are so big to Zach's point. I mean, to try to project that it would take some special skills. <laughs> Yeah, I'm there uh, with Sammy Watkins. <clears throat> I don't think we need him to score six or seven. We just need him to be healthy. Let, like, okay, him and Lazard are also really good blockers. Cobb, you do the third down thing. If you get in the end zone, great. That's awesome. But I don't see those any of those. Maybe Lazard, but you know, between Cobb and, and uh, Sammy Watkins, I don't see him getting over six. Uh, if they do get six, great. I'm thinking five, maybe a little less. Uh, that's just how I'm feeling. Because, again, it's health, it's just overall snaps and all that, and do the dirty work, and they're going to. As, you know, getting big in the end zone, that's Lazard. Great points on Lazard. He can contort his body. He's a, a basically a tight end in a you know lighter body, but the size. We're going to feed other guys down at the end, you know, in the red zone. So I, I don't see those receivers going crazy. I really don't. I also went with eight touchdowns total for the tight ends and when I kind of first did this I was a little surprised how low but then I also thinking you know we don't know how healthy Tunyon's going to be how much he's going to play to start the season and I don't know that DeGuara has it in him to be a big touchdown total guy so even you know, in that case I don't I think it just mostly concentrates to the wide receivers and running backs so I've got Tunyon with four DeGuara two Lewis and one in the fourth string tight end with one. And I think they'll, they'll just be two random t- tight end touchdowns there with uh, Lewis and whoever else is there. So, but eight for the, the, t- the tight ends, eight touchdowns for the tight ends. What, what do you guys think about that number for the position group? I like it. I think the Packers are going to run a lot of 12 personnel. So I think it just makes a lot of sense. They love uh, every single one of those 
guys. They love Tyler Davis too. Yep. I guess. I guess. I um, yeah, but they do. <laughs> they do. They love him. So I mean, talking about fourth tight end one, I could see him getting two, three just based on the snaps that Gudikins is gonna order, you know? So I think, yeah, I think eight's fine. I could see even more than that. I think they're gonna be super involved. I think back two years ago, Tunyon had eleven on his own. But again, how healthy is he going to be? So, well, then yeah. the defense didn't even cover him. There, there were a few, and I mean, three of those were against Atlanta. So let's, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> let's not give too much credit to the Atlanta defense. But yeah, because again, when I first went through this, yeah, eight for the all the entire tight end group is that too low? So maybe it is a little low, but but yeah. So uh, anyone else want to chime in about the tight ends? I think that this is where the hole that Devonte Adams is leaving is kind of made up. Um, I, I mean, it feels like all of the Packers receivers are kind of question marks, maybe other than Alan Lazard. Um, and I, I know Zach, you and your me, you and Trevor talk about it a lot on fantasy football shows of tight ends, just kind of being a, a big bodied bailout player in the middle of the field. Um, I'm, I'm almost wondering if they get down to the, those goal line situations where maybe just on a stick route or on, on a quick out, um, some along those lines where, where the tight, tight ends might see a majority of the, of their, uh, of their touchdowns. So I could definitely see see that being around that eight mark for sure. Yeah. Janet, you want to go? We've been leaving um, you off. Yeah, no, it's okay. Um, I was thinking I like eight and I think it might just be a little bit over if Degara is completely healthy. Cause I know that he was out like as soon as he started playing um, and we just saw like a smudge of him and he did pretty good, but I just feel like it might be just a little bit more if he's like ready to go and hopefully we don't get any injuries as well. I know Tunyon, um, I have a lot of faith in Tunyon. He's a favorite of mine and I've given him so much credit, but I just hate to see him injured, but I hope that coming up this season, you know, it might, he might just be a little bit more active and out there on the field. Yeah, and I'm on board with all you guys. I think it's very fair. It's going to be right around there. Like, listen, we don't run the fullback. So Matt LaFleur's offense, let's go heavy, put some of these guys in the backfield and sneak one out there. Well, you do that, you know, every once a month, you know, there's four touchdowns right there. So I think right around eight, that's good numbers for me. All right. Awesome. And hopefully this is a good episode, a great episode for our listeners. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll do the Lombardi sweep all the way around the field, all the way around the room. And everyone can kind of <laughs> plug their Twitter handles or anything else. They, they want to let people know about them. So um, I guess we'll, we'll go last with Zach. So uh, Luke, you want to start things off? I actually did have a question for you guys. Oh, um, sure, Of course. <laughs> I'm a big uh, proponent of Packers signing these uh, wildly vets on, on like one year deals or bringing them into training camp you know, stuff like that. So I guess my question to all of you is who is your favorite guy that they brought in that you kind of like, Oh, he's still in the league. You know um, <laughs> I, I wonder, I wonder how he can perform when the Packers um, for, for me, it's definitely that the, the six weeks that we had Vince young in training camp, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, and then the other one that comes to mind for me is Tavon Austin. Cause I thought he was getting at least 15 touchdowns with us. Yeah. <laughs> Muhammad Wilkerson for me, I guess. <laughs> yes i was excited about that signing way more than the jimmy graham signing that happened about the same day that was just awful but you know, <laughs> I've, I've, everyone who's listened to this podcast long enough knows my disdain for jimmy graham and that contract specifically i totally forgot about jimmy graham he's my number one what about <laughs> corinne, corinne robinson he was going to come in with brett Favre and you know change the league i you know <laughs> they were drinking buddies and all that stuff i don't know yeah uh Muhammad Wilkerson was was the one I thought, yeah, that was the move right there. So I, I get that. I did like the Tavon Austin one too. Give him touches, we're getting in the end zone. But yeah, unfortunately, that didn't work. I think I think that Tavon Austin um, desire that I had still come from me watching his college highlight tape like once. Yeah, every West Virginia, six baby. Yeah, the Rams from, had that. Same wasn't from watching too. his NFL highlight tape. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, West Virginia scored like seventy every week. <laughs> Didn't he like fumble the ball right away when they yeah. gave it to him? Yeah, <laughs> tough, yeah of course. <laughs> Typical Packers special team. I don't even think it touched his hands. It like hit him in the face mask. Yeah. <laughs> that one was a knife okay. to my heart. That one was so my sorry. favorite then. I'm sorry, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> that has to for, be my favorite then. <laughs> for me, it's going to be so weird because obviously hindsight's 
you know, hindsight never loses. For me, it would have to be Jalen Smith this past year, just because I think over time I was like, these dudes aren't going to do anything. They're not going to do anything. And I'm coming back from work and I, you know, see the message on the phone. Like we got Jalen Smith, everybody's going nuts. I'm like, holy, like we're making moves. We're wheeling and dealing. Like this is, this is it. It came back down to earth really quickly, but you know, just to see kind of the proactiveness for once. And obviously, you know, the feelings about that, that, that changes, you know, whatever it may be, but seeing the Packers go out and get somebody early in the season was kind of a nice change for me. To, uh, to, to really understand how much that Jalen Smith signing didn't work. Um, Kyle, you're a, a diehard Packer fan, right? And you just said, oh, yeah, when Trevor brought him up. So, like, that, that was <laughs> I had to search up his last name. I forgot it. I had to search up <laughs> Packers signed Jalen and hope it would fill in the rest for me. And then you quickly saw why the Cowboys just cut him. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, so we'll cut, we'll cut to the end of this episode, I guess. And yeah, so again, uh, plug away any uh, Twitter handles or anything else that uh, you guys want to. So Luke, you, you chimed in first. You want to want to plug anything? Um, I, 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 to be honest, I, I don't do a lot. Um, but I guess if you want to follow me on Twitter, um, I do have a lot of slander against Russell Westbrook um, as, as well as Russell Wilson. So at, at Luke Rime, L-U-K-E-R-E-I-M. I mean, I just traded for Russell Gage, so as long as you don't slander him, uh, good with that. Russell Gage is one of those players that somehow always ends up on my fantasy team every year. All right, there we go. More fantasy <laughs> advice. Uh, Trevor, you want to say anything? Uh, kind of just like Luke. Uh, you know, don't do a whole <laughs> lot of fantasy. <laughs> fantasy Stop <season>. saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Player sports, don't do a lot. No, just kidding. Um, you know, fantasy football, we're ready to, to really start hitting the ground running um, at Trevorland 2. Um, but yeah, I mean, go look at Flurry Sports. We do a lot of good stuff and, uh, obviously happy to be on here. Cal, you've been a huge supporter for it for, for day one. So we appreciate that too. Appreciate that guys. Janet, anything uh, you want to let, uh, share with uh, the people? Um, I don't do much. Just kidding. Um, so, <laughs> um, just follow me at ojanjan, O-H-H-J-A-N-J-N. If you want to see what a teacher thinks throughout the day of her career. <laughs> Tell them about the Oklahoma drills you make the kids run in class. I sent them a picture of one of my kids. He showed up with like football gloves on his hands <laughs> and he wore them all day. So I sent it to him like it's starting. I'm starting to make him do Oklahoma drills. <laughs> you caught all your lesson uh, ideas and caught all those ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, but uh, Zach, uh, catch our attention with Flurry Sports. So let us know everything that uh, all, all the hard work that's currently being done for Flurry Sports. Yeah, uh, we're kind of taking the year off. We're not doing much over there. <laughs> uh, you can find stuff at flurrysports.org, at Flurry Sports, basically on all social medium. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of fantasy stuff that's about to pop off. A lot of Packers coverage, obviously, since all of us are Packers fans. Uh, find our podcast, Lombardi Sweep, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And uh, yeah, we will be having an episode coming back pretty soon, I'm sure. Uh, we're on summer break right now, but we should be coming back. It sounds like I need to put Trevor and Luke to work. So uh, we'll do something. <laughs> And of course, we're always working here at Full Press Coverage. Uh, you can check out the podcast and everything Packers related on Twitter at FPC underscore Packers. You can also download the Full Press Coverage app to get all of that great Full Press Coverage content from all the teams, uh, all, all different sports too, not just NFL, but everything Full Press Coverage related is on the Full Press Coverage app. So you can download that again for free today on Android and iOS stores. Also, shout out to PA the Second on Twitter at PA underscore II official. He lets us use the song for your body as our intro and outro music so appreciate pa for that uh, check out his latest album illa v wherever you get your music so again appreciate pa for that and appreciate uh, all the all our guests here everyone from the lombardi suite zach trevor luke janet uh, thank you all for joining us here thank you appreciate it come on y'all nice to meet you yeah nice to meet you too uh jesse any final thoughts for the listeners well, one, I'm happy that you didn't ask me. I love it when you plug me because I'm not very good at that stuff. But, hey, it was uh, good to talk to you all. And obviously, go back up. Absolutely. I think something we can all agree with here on the Full Press Packers Pod. Yes, sir.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.